0: welcome to our first podcast for Daughter of an Immigrant. In specific, this is really more of my story and what I've gone through as a child of immigrants and the struggles, the the great opportunities that have come from having immigrant parents and also just the things that come along with having a Mexican family and in particular and the traditions and the things that we kind of keep behind closed doors uh so (laughs) so I'm a little bit of exposing done here but it's all done with love and for hope that whoever ends up finding this and it resonates with that they are able to take something positive away from it and being able to see that they are not alone and give a little bit of comfort and knowing that we can all make through make it through and have positive sides on both stories. And let's get started. Welcome guys to today's episode, our first episode honestly. Woo! For <laughs> our podcast and we are starting this off in december so obviously we're going to start talking about the holidays and how my family how my family traditionally will celebrate christmas and the things that we do and how it may differ from other people's versions of a mexican christmas and to to start off I I wish I honestly had more of the family Mexican traditions. What are they? I don't know. But I feel, I feel like I have very minimal experiences as a Mexican family. And a lot of it honestly comes with my parents and particularly my father not being very comfortable in celebrating the way that I think normal Mexican families do. Quite honestly, the whole backstory of when I was growing up, I had I don't remember particular traditions for holidays as far as Christmas. The only thing that we still do to this day is on Christmas Eve, we traditionally gather together. And um, in the evening, we just come to someone's house and we eat, we dance, we talk, we l- just enjoy each other's company until at midnight when traditionally we'll just go around hug each other kiss each other on the cheek and kind of just welcome christmas and you know the the festivities that everyone kind of sleeps through the the night and the next morning is when we'll actually stay with our immediate family Um, so my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister will all just exchange gifts the next morning. And honestly, it's not much more than that throughout the rest of the day. It includes tamales, movie, nap during the movie, wake up, eat more tamales, sleep more movies, wake up more tamales. And then by the end of the night, I have gained at least 10 pounds in one night, you know, with all the tamales that my mom has made. And I've consumed more than half of them. But besides that, (laughs) with Christmas, that's really the majority of our family traditions. And I know for my mom in particular, there has been certain Christmas Eve's where as a kid i would they would wake me up to go sing um just songs t- to la virgencita at the church on christmas eve and uh or i think it was baby jesus actually i think yeah cuz i remember we would go to our church and i was so tired i was i was maybe in my early teens when we when we did do that and growing up maybe once or twice um when i was in my 20s in my early 20s and i'm totally aging myself right now you guys however moving along when i look back at all those years that we've kind of just stuck with our small little traditions. They mean a lot more to us because obviously it's our traditions, but I could not tell you that we do the same that people in Mexico do or other Mexican families that have immigrated to the US. And it kind of makes me sad um, that I'm not fully exposed to all the traditions that we have in Mexico and a lot of that stems from my father, honestly, where now when I look at when I look at the reasons why they are very uncomfortable sharing things from Mexico looking at it and understanding that my father just wanted to, I guess in a, in, in a way fit in and not kind of expose himself and his family as being immigrants um, because you have to think about my parents immigrated here in the 90s, well, eh, technically 80s, late 80s, and growing up, there were moments that I do remember having to translate for my parents when I was so young, and now that I like look back at those moments when I was so little, translating for your parents at a very young age is so intimidating it's kind of gives you that anxiety that's where you start learning the anxiousness for me at least and it just started cycling into all these other things where i just was caught in between two different worlds of being a child that was still trying to learn english as my second language and trying to translate it for my parents um and and to be quite honest when I started getting older when I was in in junior high and we would go to the store and I would translate for my parents whatever questions they had or what someone else was asking them I could see the frustration and the annoyance in the other person's face and that bothered me but as a child I felt like I could not say anything because I at that point you you respect people that are older than you that's what you're taught as a Mexican and you don't especially a stranger you don't talk back you don't question things like that so the experiences of having to deal with another person looking at your family members and annoyance because they cannot speak English correctly or they're learning was one of the most heartbreaking things that I experienced as a as a teen that's when I started realizing that people don't accept other people they cannot understand and I've made it To a point where I myself choose to not let other people part of me, but I don't need to dig deeper. That is the part that bothers me that I let, uh, that I allowed to keep growing until my later years. And now here I am making a podcast because I want to express how important it is that we still feel a part of both worlds, that we understand, we may understand one side more than the other. But honestly, I I don't know where I fit in. I know I'm from here. I know my family is from Mexico, they immigrated here. And that's all I know. And <laughs> And then there's these families that have Generations of family trees going back years and years and hundreds of years. And I only know the one generation. And that's the other sad part about our Mexican culture. For me, and in, in my experience, we talk about our grandparents and our great grandparents, but past that, I don't I don't know very many people that know anyone past their second great grandma like very minimal no there are very minimal stories that i've ever heard from any of my mexican or latino friends and i don't know if that just has something with not keeping records of it or just moving along and immigrating to other locations but that's a whole different story and today i just kind of wanted to set the precipice of what we're going to be going into with this podcast and that's exploring the things from both cultures of being a U.S. citizen and from coming from a culture of Latino heritage and, and all in all what I want to be able to get out of this podcast and for for you that are that is listening don't be afraid to dig deeper than the surface of what our families have been uh, exposing to, exposing us to. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of A Daughter of Immigrants. I'm so excited to share this journey with you and give you insights on my childhood and growing up, as well as some of the hidden things that we keep from society not necessarily negative things but just things that we keep um behind closed doors as i've mentioned before and we'll get to those juicy parts in the next episode stay tuned guys have a great one